0: This is the Car Dealer podcast driven by Cargurus. You want the best return from your advertising budget and Cargurus Piston Heads are focused on the same goal. With Cargurus Piston Heads, you have access to millions of monthly shoppers across both sites who can turbocharge your digital forecourt. Connect with in-market high-quality buyers today. For more information, visit dealerpackages.cargurus.co.uk and schedule a demo with their team for a limited time only get 10% reduction off your new subscription when you tell them that we sent you that's dealerpackages.cargurus.co.uk welcome back to the car dealer podcast if you've never listened before we do our roundup of the week's news a little differently we've made it into a competition to choose the best stories of the week and we ask an industry guest to choose the winner this week car dealer editor-in-chief james bagger is back after his very long holiday you'll be pleased to hear that i had dealers calling me up and asking how you'd managed to get a break longer than most teachers so welcome back (laughs) are you pleased to be back on the quiz
1: I'm very pleased to be back with the quiz, and thank you very much to James Batchelor for standing for me. He's done a sterling job.
0: Yes, he did a very good job. You've got big boots to fill now. So, importantly, though, this week's guest, we have a CEO of Marshall Motor Group and one of the busiest men in the industry, Dash Gupta. Welcome, Dash. How has the week been for you?
2: Hey, Rebecca. Hey, James. Welcome back, James, as well. Um, the week's been good, actually. Um, so, I was off last week, so uh, we're going to get uh, char- supercharged in there. Uh, Back into September and rock, rocking and rolling, so it's good.
0: Fantastic.
1: How's, um, the, uh, how's the new Reg been for you? For you, Dash? straight straight in there with my first question.
2: Oh, me, you have been off for two months, haven't you? <laughs> um, yeah. Look, it's you know I think that everybody knows you know there's supply challenges that we're all facing at the minute. I think uh, you know it does vary across different brands in terms of the situations that they're in. Um, but, you know, it will it will be interesting to see how the, how the month pans out. And I think what will come through will be clearly the order bank that we've got and then what we've got on the ground in terms of what we can sell. And then it does vary brand by brand in terms of their individual situation. Some brands are sort of telling us they're going to be down sort of 50% in terms of what stock available. Uh, some are sort of saying actually there's not too much of an impact. Some are saying it's sort of 25%. So uh, it is fa- absolutely fascinating. You know, I mean, I do I personally do quite like challenges like this because it's really quite stimulating to sort of navigate through it um, i'm sure not everybody likes doing stuff like that but i, I like challenges like this um, but it's going to be fascinating i think um you know i you know i always tend to look out for new plates when i'm driving around and sort of driving up to the office this morning uh, you know I've seen, I've seen a few 71 plates um you know and uh, not, not including the one that i took delivery of this week either but uh, there we go
1: you think it still matters to people as much as it used to? You know, I remember when I was when I was a kid and it came out came out in August and we were all there ready. You know, me and my brother sat in the back of my parents' car waiting to see the first J Reg or whatever it was back then. Do you think people care as much as, as they used to about driving a seventy one plate compared to a twenty one plate? Do people even know the difference? You know, actually, I've sort of
2: reflected on that over the years. Does it really make a difference? But you've got to look at the numbers, James. The fact is, thirty percent of the full year volumes are done in March and September. So clearly, it does matter. You know, and if you look at what happens in a February and August, the volumes are tiny. So the fact is, the consumer does still buy into plate change, and the numbers say that they do.
1: I do when they when the new number plate new number plates came out, they they said it was all about trying to make the cars not look old wasn't it it was about even though that they did have a have numbers on there it was sort of to confuse people a little bit wasn't it over time and I look back at some cars on the road now and you look, you look at the reggies on them and I just I sort of I, I forget how to work out how old the cars are and mm. I just wonder it, it feels like it sort of has done that job but did you have people queuing up did, like at midnight like like they used to at in your dealerships
2: Actually, actually, we did, as it happens. But one of the, re- one of the reasons we do that uh, is, you know, you've got to remember, for a lot of customers, it's still a really, really, you know, emotional purchase. It's exciting. I mean, we're really hugely privileged to, you know, to have the ability to drive new cars in the sector, and you know, that, you know, we're really privileged that we're in that position. Uh, but you know, for for you know, people who are not in that position, a car is a very significant investment, and you know, for them, it's a really exciting process and you know was, um, having just moved house relatively recently I was talking to the estate agent and you know he was sort of saying actually he forgets sometimes that you know somebody moving house is a really big thing whereas for him it's just another transaction And I think one of the things we, we must never lose sight of that you know whilst we look after 1.2 million customers a year and we deliver you know hundreds of thousands of cars the reality is for these customers it's a really really important decision and they probably do do this maybe once every three or four years so it is a good thing that we have a bit of theater and we've given them a great experience and so for those customers um you know coming at midnight picking up their cars you know is a nice thing for them to do because they probably do it once every three or four years uh, and i think the other thing is for from an operational perspective it's a good thing to to get them out because then you don't have the disruption the next day and of course you think all the party exchanges you can turn on quicker so operationally we try and encourage that if i'm honest as well as it clearly has a great customer experience as well
1: and Dash, you have to forgive me, because I'm slightly out of the loop, but with new car supply, I took a phone call from, from a dealer boss this morning, just to, and we started talking about new car supply, and, and weirdly, my daughter went back to school this morning, and on school run, someone was mentioning that they said, oh, do you know anything about these, these new car production problems? They ordered a, ordered a Jaguar, no, ordered a Land Rover, um, they were told originally it was a three-month wait for the car. Now, being told that order's been cancelled and they've got to reorder it if they want it, and it's an 18 month wait. I mean, they were obviously seriously annoyed, and obviously, I bore the brunt of their anger. Um, but I mean, what's going on out there with these these manufacturers? I mean, they've obviously a lot of semiconductor issues, but are you having to to call customers and say that these new cars they order now are not going to be made?
2: Yeah, look. we 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 know the issues the issues are well documented james i mean it's it's all related to the pandemic and the fact there is a shortage of uh semiconductors and actually not just semiconductors also other raw materials uh, are now becoming an issue if you look at the inflation uh inflationary pressure that's come on raw materials that's also had a an impact as well for uh uh, production of vehicles so um I i think when you look at the challenges that oems are having to face to uh, and navigate through it's 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 difficult for them you know uh, the the factories are facing hugely complex decisions because you know it's interesting some of the you know without going into specific brands uh you know manufacturers are now having to sort of spec cars in in cases you know where i'm aware of cars that are being delivered with you know now for example um no phone charging or uh just one blipper because of course you don't think of these things but of course a blipper has semiconductors in it mm. opening your car. Um, so trying to navigate that if you're a factory is not an easy thing to do and I think to be fair to all of our UK OEM partners um, you know the national sales companies are equally you know challenged in terms of the communication that they're getting from the factories. so the UK guys themselves are limited in terms of information because to be fair the factories themselves don't necessarily know Uh, So the dynamics are particularly difficult. Um, And and I've got to be honest, I was with one OEM literally just on Wednesday and we were discussing this. And, you know, this particular CEO was saying, uh, you know, he was getting, you know, probably three or four complaints a week on supply issues. Um, And and given that, you know, I guess we're sort of 130, 130 or businesses, so similar to sort of network size that they run. Actually, that's the roughly the number that I'm getting as well. A week on a particular topic but actually when you sit down and you explain what has gone on and, and i would say when i get the complaints the, the complaints are actually they don't believe what we're telling them because if you're a customer and you've been told like your, your you know your, your friend this morning on the school run around you know uh, well your car will be here in three months then it's going to be here in six months then actually you've got to cancel the order and reorder it it you know the customer's thinking you guys are incompetent you know, and, 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 and sometimes they don't believe us as the retailer. Uh, so when they get the complaints, it's because they don't believe what we're telling them. Um, so sometimes they go to the manufacturer because they, they're more likely to believe the manufacturer than they are us. But when you sit down and you explain, you, you send them information that's in the public domain, they can, they can get their heads around it. But I have to say, overwhelmingly, 99.9% of our customers understand this. It's well documented in the press uh, and, and our, you know, our understanding of the situation.
1: Yeah, always, there's always a challenge in the motor industry, isn't there? Always well, you
2: know, a challenge. I, I, um, we're talking about this as well this week, you know, if you think since Brexit, you know, since 20, you know, have we had a normal year? I'm looking forward to, you know, a normal year. We've had Brexit, then we've had our WLTP, RDE, uh, you know, uh, we then had the pandemic, then we've had uh, semiconductors. I mean, can we please just have a normal, normal year, you know? I don't. Or, or, good. Well, I like challenge, but boring would be good, please.
1: What, what, what would we talk about and what would we write about? dash I mean, we've, it's got. There's got to be some challenges to keep things interesting. Absolutely. <laughs> right. So we get started with the quiz.
0: Yes, because okay. you have sort of forgotten how it works. But yeah, I've been away a while. <laughs> I know. I can tell. Um, so if you haven't listened before or you've forgotten, like James, how this works um we are going to do a quiz of the week james and i have both chosen our top five stories we don't know what each other have chosen and we're going to have a chat about each one at the end dash will decide whose stories were best and who is the winner if you want to play along then please do tweet at CardealerMag with the stories you think we should have included and if you enjoy what you hear today then please let us know by giving us a rating or review wherever you are listening today um, I had to revisit old episodes, but I have found out that you did win the last show that you did with um, Matt score? Clark from Super Mini, and you are leading 14-10. So it we just say first. that was last
1: season. Should We say that was last season. And start again. So I well, we show. can do. Let's do that. Let's start again from zero. OK, but New term. you
0: can go first because you did win last time.
1: Well, that's very kind of you um i am going to go with um i'm going to go with the kazoo Funnily enough back straight in with a kazoo story <laughs> um yes uh, it's been interesting from, watching from afar uh, seeing what's been happening with, with kazoo they obviously listed last week um but no sooner have they listed on the New York Stock Exchange that they've spent some of that cash and they've gone out and bought Kazana. Now, Kazana, we've obviously um, had a great relationship with over the years. They've been um, helping provide car dealers some brilliant stats um, during the pandemic on, on used car prices. Um, and I sent I sent Tom a message last night, Tom, their, their CEO, was just saying congratulations on the deal because I'm, I'm sure he's going to be now spending all the, all of that 25 million he's he's got for the business on classic cars but interesting move wasn't it for kazoo i mean i can't quite get my head around it i mean i suppose the i mean is this i don't know it's they need data don't they to run this business does it mean that they haven't been making the right choices i mean I, i i mean dash can you make sense of this purchase in any way i mean why do you think they bought it you'll know better than i will
2: I mean, I think that's a question for Alex Chesterman, isn't it, James? I mean, um, it's, oh, it's 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 interesting to have him on the show, obviously. So. <laughs> um, uh, well, I'm surprised you haven't actually, James. You, you know, um, I think it's an interesting move. I mean, personally, I mean, we use we use data services. Um, you know, congratulations to Tom and the team there uh, for for that acquisition. I think um, you know it is an interesting move. I think uh, there are other ways of getting data that rather than paying twenty five million pounds. Is what I would say, and we use, um, we do use third party data. Clearly we have the usual sources of uh, CAP and uh, those guys. And uh, we also use data from Autotrader, which is very, very powerful. Um, so, you know, I think there's ways of getting this data without having to pay 25 million pounds. So it'll be interesting to see what uh, what the intention is with that business.
1: Were you um, surprised at the, uh, the, uh, at the listing and what they raised? I think,
2: uh, look, there's a lot of talk on Kazoo. My, my view on it is, you know, we are a big retailer. Um, you know, from what I saw, Kazoo sold, I think, just over 10,000 cars in Q2. Well, we sold three times that. Um, and I think there's space for all of us. You know, we will do we will do 0.6% of the UK market. You know, there's a lot of interest in this market because it's a £100 billion market. You know, we're a big player, and yet we only do 06 And I think... Looking at the Kazoo plan, they want to do 217,000 cars in, I think, four years, um, you know, which would give them a 5% market share. So even if they got that, if Cinch got the similar sort of number, there's still 90 odd percent to go at. So, you know, I welcome the competition. You know, for me, you know, we've taken some learnings from some of the new entrants and we wish them all the very best. Competition is not a bad thing. You know, it's not always a threat. It can sharpen you know, your gap.
1: What, what, what's your market cap at the moment?
2: Well, our market cap, haven't looked this morning, but I think it's about 203, 204 million.
1: And they've, they're, in the, they're in the billions. Are they worth that much more than you?
2: Um, I don't know. That's for the stock market to assess, isn't it, really? I mean, whether, whether we're undervalued, whether they're overvalued, who knows? Time will tell, really. But, I, you know, I do believe in uh, economics has to count. And when I look at uh, free cash flow uh, and I'm sat with a business based on our interim results, of, you know, 60 million pounds, I have no debt, I have 150, 160 million pounds worth of freeholds, I have 120 million in credit facility, I've, you know, uh, we cash generate, you know, in the first half we cash generated 50, 60 million pounds, free cash flow has to count for something. And I think ultimately um, Kazoo's valuation is based on, I suspect the view of what's happened to Carvana in the US. Um, but ultimately, I'm a big believer that if you are making an investment in a business, you will make a return in one or two ways, an appreciation in your stock value or by way of dividends. So if you're not paying dividends, it ultimately, because that doesn't happen because you're generating cash. Therefore, it can only happen by appreciation. At some point, you know, it has to come good. Do you you think
1: if they'd listed in the UK rather than via this SPAC in, in New York, their valuation would have been different? I mean, do you think that's? Do you think they've made the? They've been quite clever by going over to the states where there are similar businesses.
2: Um, yeah, possibly. I mean, it was interesting to go to New York. I mean, I think they, uh, you know, I, I was surprised that they went to New York, but then again, I wasn't surprised because you think, well, the their rules are very different on, uh, on being able to list, and the SPAC was, you know, an interesting way of being able to do it. I think it gives you a lot more uh, flexibility on, you know uh disclosure etc you know it's interesting i listened to the podcast with andy uh, and he was talking about uh, some of the rules and that i think some of the comments he made was 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 quite relevant um but hey look time will tell with all this thing you know yeah
1: sorry for all the kazoo questions becca over to you
0: yeah so just to clarify for anyone who doesn't know kazoo obviously listed for one billion dollars i did have these i had these stories as my top two so you've sucked them up already with your one story um but I just thought it was really interesting that they were. I, I don't really understand the stock market. I'm not going to pretend I do. I understand bits of it, but I don't really understand how you can be independently valued at between 7 billion and 8 billion and then float for 1 billion.
1: No, um, that's, <laughs> a, that's a dash. That's a Rada, it's not just me. Yeah. <laughs> no, right.
2: let's, let's move on
0: yeah. <laughs> to another story. So um, I was going to talk about 71 players, as well, but we've sort of covered that. Um, I am going to go for the um the story I had this week about well, we had a story um about how um the top 10 EVs, used EVs to buy, like the ones that are going up in value the most. But what I thought was the most interesting in this story was the fact that average data sell is coming down massively for um used EVs. As you can kind of see that it's being adopted more by people. Um, so, Dash, what are you seeing more? I'm guessing you're seeing a lot more people coming to you for new EVs, but are you seeing a pickup in the used side of the market as well?
2: Yeah, we are. I mean, I think there's a lot of interest now, and I think, uh, you know, I, I think it's interesting. I think this is going to get a lot of momentum. I really do, and I and I think we across the UK have got momentum. And if you look at the latest SMT forecast, it's forecasting 1.8 million registrations this year. Uh, personally, I don't believe that. Um, so. Uh, if you look at the first half, there were 905,000 vehicles registered. So what that forecast is saying is there'll be a 50-50 split, 900 H1, 900 H2. I don't believe it. It's never been 50-50, uh, let alone the fact you've got supply challenges as well. So uh, I will make a prediction and look like a complete idiot or somebody very clever. I'm, I think it will be near a 1.65 one is my personal view, uh, which is you know a material drop from the 1.8. So we'll, you know... Be interesting to review this in January, won't it, James? And um, uh, see, 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 um, um, see, see where it actually does land. So, um, I think the, the forecast that the SMMT was saying though is around a 9.8% share of BEBs, which will be the highest by a country mile. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's interesting. I was looking at the data the other day, and you look at diesel. What's happened to diesel? It's down at like 16%. I mean, it's you know, it's amazing how that's uh, you know moved from uh, you know. Uh, diesel into uh, into uh, hybrids and, and and bevs um so i think there's a lot of interest i think a lot of the mainstream oems are uh coming to market with their uh with their products i mean we're the biggest retailer in the uk for volkswagen so group really proud to have that relationship um and if i look at uh, the take-up of you know products like the id3 uh, id4 uh and you look at some of the other products that audi are bringing in i've, I've just taken delivery of my first uh bev literally this week um and um I think people have got interested and it's been, it's, it's, it's interesting because I've been stopped more in my BEV than I was in any other previous car for some time. Nobody stopped you in some of the other cars, you know, it's been in a Mercedes, uh, but I wanted to tr- drive a BEV because I felt it was the right thing to do. And I think more and more people are feeling the whole environmental thing. Uh, you know, there's a report recently from um, in terms of you know, the impact on the environment. So, you know, somebody has got three kids. Uh, I think for me, I felt I should try and do my bit. Um, So trying to live with an EV is now going to be quite interesting for me because I've just realized next week I've got to go from home to Birmingham. And I'm now thinking, how do I do that? Because it's 92 miles uh, and I would have never previously put in what the distance was from my house to Birmingham. Uh, So it's 92 miles from my house to the center of Birmingham. And of course, uh, my car has a range of 250. Now that's a little bit a Little bit squeaky bum time in terms of am I going to drive it? So I'm now thinking, how do I do that? And I'm now having to think about how I, how I plan that journey. Uh, but there is a lot of interest, and there's a lot of interest in used BEVs now as well. So it's, it's definitely picking up, no question.
1: And I, Am I right in thinking you've got an eTron GT?
2: Uh, no, I've got an, an RS eTron GT. Of course, you have. <laughs> of
1: course, you have. I've got an eTron GT on test outside at the moment, and um, I think it's an amazing car, absolutely amazing car.
2: But I, I, I don't know. The RS is quite frankly insane. I mean, it is the fastest, fastest, fastest. And again, you know, privileged to drive some amazing cars. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, AMG GTO I've had was one of the fastest cars I've ever driven previously, uh, and I've had the privilege of driving all sorts of cars: Aston's, Ferraris, uh, this. Car is phenomenal. I mean, it is, it, to be honest, it's dangerous. Uh, I was talking to a very senior person within the Volkswagen Group uh, who said press dynamic, uh, and uh, I, I won't. Disclose the speed that I was doing because clearly, uh you never know who loses. Let's just say uh, it was—it uh, was an experience. Let's just put it that way.
1: Do you find it as exciting though as a loud V12 or V8? Because I can't honestly say that I do. I think it's an amazing piece of technology, and it is ridiculously quick. But it doesn't feel the same. And I might be a dinosaur, but I don't think it feels the same. It—it it, it is a very different
2: dynamic, and the way I described it, somebody uh, just. Funny enough, this morning, because I dropped my kids off to school this morning and uh, a bit like your conversation this morning, I had a conversation in this uh, and they, they spotted that I'd uh, parked up in this. A lot of it, they were asking, is that is that electric? Is that electric? And said, yeah. And uh, they said, what's it like driving? And I said, the best way I could describe it, imagine the fastest ice car you've ever driven. And I, and, and, they said, and I said, what is it? And they said "They said that they'd driven a 488 Ferrari and they said that was the fastest car. So well, imagine that in terms of power and some, but without the noise. Uh, but I think the dynamics very different, you know, because the torque just keeps going and going and then it just doesn't stop. It's insane. So you don't have the noise and maybe the noise does give you that sense of speed and exhilaration and thrill. Um, but it is a very different dynamic. But I must admit, you know, sort of having done maybe 60 miles, 70 miles in the car, it's 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 very, very nice. It is unusual, though, but, you yeah. know, maybe. um Maybe we should have, uh, maybe James, you should go into recording uh, noise and you could put like a CD in or something and you just go. I'll do you that just...
0: anyway
1: when I'm driving. <laughs> yeah, oh, I love that.
0: <laughs> we'll be right back. The Car Dealer podcast is driven by CarGurus. You want the best return from your advertising budgets and CarGurus piston heads are focused on the same goal. With them, you have access to millions of monthly shoppers across both sites who can turbocharge your digital forecourt. Connect with in-market, high-quality buyers today. For more information, visit dealerpackages.cargurus.co.uk and schedule a demo with their team. For a limited time only, you can get 10% reduction on your new subscription when you tell them that we sent you. That's dealerpackages.cargurus.co.uk. Now, let's get back to the quiz.
1: Right, I'm going to move on very quickly and do my next story. (laughs) Um, I'm going to go with my first story back, uh, which was I wrote this morning, which is about Stephen Eagle's um, uh, results for last year. for those people who know, Stephen Eagle runs a, toy, a big Toyota and uh, Lexus group, 22 Toyota dealerships, eight Lexus, um, a fantastic operator, um, a very, very, very good dealer and a lovely guy. I interviewed him last year on uh, on Cardio Live and um, he just came across as a brilliant boss. Um, so he, he's, he's done very, very well last year, saying 2021 is going to be even better. Um, profit was up 12%. Um, net profit before tax was at a record level, they say 16.8 million, a 72% increase on 2019. In April, they paid a very healthy dividend of 8.6 million to shareholders, lovely, thank you very much. Um, but they say in um they think this is going to continue. 2021 is is, is looking very, very similar for them. Um, they've been nicely sheltered from that fall in uh, demand for diesel cars that you mentioned earlier, Dash, because Tyson and Lexus don't actually do any diesel cars. So he's been nicely sheltered from that. Um, but when you've only got two brands, um, you obviously have to you have the problems of riding the ways of new products as and when they come. They don't come along as often as when you've got a portfolio as large as as the Marshall Group, obviously. Um, so he's he's managed to smooth that out with used car sales, um, accident repair, servicing and parts. Um, and uh, that, that's had a large contribution to his profit. But I just it suppose it's really nice to see. As these results come out for these dealer groups at this time of year, um and we're gearing up for our car dealer top 100 where we're gonna name those most profitable dealers, it's just nice to see that there's some brilliant businesses that, despite the challenges last year, have been very, very successful. I know you've you've been definitely in in that camp, Dash. And I think a lot of a lot of dealers have, haven't they? I mean, I'm sure you talked to lots of retailers. And back in those dark days when we were talking early on. In the pandemic it wasn't looking great, but it's nice to look back now with hindsight, isn't it, and see these dealer groups actually made the most of it.
2: Uh, it's phenomenal, and you know, congratulations to Stephen. Stephen and I are very good friends, we have dinner on a very regular basis, actually. Uh, he, uh, uh you know, I've known Stephen for gosh 26 to 27 years, so uh, when I was a very young GM uh, back at uh, Camden, and he was uh. Uh, heading up to their Ford operations. So, you know, we're very good friends. I have a huge amount of time from him. He's one of the nicest, nicest guys in the sector. Uh, and actually, it's quite interesting his strategy because he and I talk a lot about it when we have our dinners. Um, you know, he's a great example of someone who's, you know, stuck to one brand. Uh, and, and you're right, because brands are cyclical. You know, brands go up and down. They always do over the long term. Uh, and Toyota Lexus, you know, unfortunately, we don't have Toyota Lexus. Uh, but Toyota Lexus is a phenomenal, phenomenal, um, brand it's doing remarkably well particularly on the hybrid and as you said the you know coming away from diesel so and, you know the, the, um uh between them and vw they're all sort of fighting for the biggest global um operating the cash rich so they've done remarkably well as a, as a brand and clearly steven's benefiting from that so clearly got the market uh bounce back and of course he's then got the, the fact that total lexus is in a is in a real sweet spot at the minute so congratulations to steven um, I'm sure he'll be buying a nice Lamborghini Euros or something like that.
1: <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure. <laughs>
2: Maybe a black one or something like that, but uh, he, uh, he he wouldn't want to talk about it if he was.
1: <laughs> oh dear, oh. if only this was a video. Right, Becca, over to you. <laughs>
0: um, so I just love this story this week Um. about... And the fact that there was a Wrexham Hollywood oh, style sign
1: um,
0: put up in Wrexham. Um, and it came out this week. that It was actually done by Vanorama. Um, and I just thought it was an absolutely brilliant piece. Of, just gen, generally, it doesn't even matter. It's come from the automotive industry. It was a brilliant bit of PR that it made all the way to LA, had Ryan Reynolds talking about it uh, for them to then come out and say, oh, yeah, actually, it was us and put the massive Panorama sign up. I just thought it was a brilliant story and had to be mentioned.
1: No, I agree. I had that on my list as well. And I just think it's absolutely brilliant. And the fact that Ryan Reynolds responded by saying he wished he'd thought of that. I mean that is I mean, when it comes to PR gold, yeah, that yeah. is it. Absolutely <laughs> absolute genius. Well done, Vanarama. Yeah. So shall we just move on to the next one? Because there's not much more we can say about that one, is there?
0: No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm gonna go with oh I've forgotten how much I enjoy the podcast. Um I am gonna go with um quite a short one as well, but um, I've just seen the pictures of the new Voxel Astra and the fact that they're going to be doing a pure electric version. And that looks fantastic. And, you know, I've had a well documented uh, dislike of Voxels over the years. Quite frankly, they used to be absolutely crap. Uh, but now they live. They, why, why didn't you just say as it is, James? <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, look, the old mocker. Oh, mate, I, I see them on the street sometimes and I just. I have to, like, look at these people with just pity. Um, but the, uh, the new stuff, I mean, Batch yeah. turned up last week um, uh, for a catch-up in the new Mocha Electric. Yeah, that's the one. I mean, it just looks amazing. Um, and I got inside this thing and thought, I actually quite like this. I think I could actually drive one of these. And I, I think that brand has to be applauded, really. I know, I know they've been through some big changes, but if anybody has changed their range, it, what it reminds me of, actually, is when, it, Kia in some respects, when they brought the Sportage out and how they really changed things um, and how that worked so well for them. It was design-led, wasn't it, that brand? And it, it really transformed Kia. And I can see that happening with Vauxhall. Um, I know a lot of dealers have pulled away from them, but it'd be interesting to see how they, how they fare over the next few years.
2: It does look fantastic, actually. I'm looking at it, and uh, it does look very, very, very nice. Very nice.
1: But that's my one. Uh, Voxels resurgence.
0: Um, you've I've used all mine already.
1: What? Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I'm going uh, I've, to. I've got. Um, I've got two more, but I will go with. Um, the car. Can I just mention? I mean, I know I'm probably cheating at this point, but I'm going to mention it anyway. It's <laughs> the um, the car shop um, opening the express store in Leighton Buzzard. They've mm. opened their opened their second one. Um and the reason I reason I picked it is because I, I've got a lot of admiration for sitting in the group. I've got a lot of admiration for how the car shop business operates under Nigel Hurley. Um, and I like the fact that they've tried something different. These these express stores are a lot smaller and you can go in, you can order the cars and they're de- from, from their entire group um, and they're delivered to that to that store, I think, within 24 hours. Um but it's nice to see that there's a lot of expansion happening in the used car market, isn't there at the moment? Um, a lot of the big dealer groups have, have realized that this is this is the place to to, to put their cash. Um, and I think car shop have always been sort of at the forefront of uh, of innovation and and this express store certainly seems to be that. Dash, what do you think of the uh, I, I know you're, a big, you're you're a big fan of of, of the settler group. I mean what do you think of of, of the car shop business?
2: Yeah, I think there's a fantastic operation, huge amount of respect for Roger Penske, for Darren. I think they have a fantastic culture. Um, yeah, I, I don't know Nigel very well, but, uh, you know, I know he's a he's a, he's a good guy from uh, all the times that I've met him. He's come across very well and I know the feedback uh, from his people is very positive. Uh, and actually the car shop is, uh, I mentioned Camden Group is where I sort of uh, had my first sort of GM's job back in ooh, 1994 95 um so uh, the car shop business actually started back then believe it or not with the uh, paul dunkley um mm. and a guy called adrian lewis actually set it up um and uh, so james dunkley that, um, uh, then took it on um and uh, so you know it's a phenomenal business uh, really is and i think it's been quite interesting to see how because i think a lot of people when sitting aboard that were sort of questioning well what's the strategic rationale and i think they've clearly taking that business on again and, you know, sort of roll that out. So I think, it's, you know, again, your point around used cars, as I said, you know, it's a hundred billion market, you know, in a normal year, eight million transactions. So that's why there's a lot of interest in it, because I think people are realising it's, you know, a key cornerstone of the UK economy. Um, so when, I think people will be trying new concepts such as this, and it'll be interesting to see how, how it works out really for them. Hmm. I, and,
1: sorry, go on, Bethany. I
0: was just going to say exactly. I, I... I remember when the Sittner bought car shop and I thought that's going to get swallowed up. That's going to become Sittner used cars, used approved or something. But I was, I was looking at it this morning and just thinking how good I think the branding is for that business. I just think it's spot on all the new, the, the way they've redone the logos. It just looks amazing. And all the stores, the way they've done, you've got all the lines and everything. Can't see what I'm doing, my little actions on the podcast. But um, yeah, I just think they've done a brilliant, brilliant job with that. And I'm glad they kept the name and kept it going
1: gone global with the name yeah rolled out in the states and they dash i mean what 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 are you doing about used cars i mean is is this is this your next massive thing i mean i know you do very well out of them as as it stands but have you got big plans to 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 supercharge it
2: have you not been listening to me for the last four and a half years uh
1: no (laughs) no of course right so
2: we started focusing on used cars very heavily at the end of 2016. And the reason we did that is because we knew Brexit was going to have an impact on the new car market because we knew currency had uh, crashed, as you remember, as 146, and it went down to heading towards near nearest, nearest damn parity. So for us, used cars was a strategic imperative. Uh, and uh, we've done lots and lots and lots of things. So, um, you know, we've done a lot of investments in terms of people, resources doubled our buying team uh data analytics in our in-house system uh pricing website presentation uh unashamedly looked at the entire market and what are other people doing uh lifted you know and seen what some of the new entrants are doing around uh, uh money guarantee. Uh, sorry uh guaranteed buyback at seven mm-hmm. within seven days we've said we'll, we'll do that in 14. 99 pound deposits 24 7 live chat video uh we have invested a lot on that over the last four and a half years so the proof's in the pudding and you know uh in the last four and a half years we have outperformed keyword outperformed the market by 37 percent
1: 37
2: so so so, i mean you know and, and you know you'll notice as well in recent times we've been nationally marketing the brand so uh last year we had um uh, in the first half this year we've already had 5.3 million visitors to our website uh, we have only had 6 million in the whole of 2020 so that's working for us wow. uh, we will we just signed up uh, for uh, our biggest ever TV campaign so we will be on 86 live matches um, we'll be on 30 premiership matches um, uh, we will be on every home game for 11 selected uh, home games for in the championship we'll be on uh, 12 live games that, which will be for the cup and the significance of that is it's basically on terrestrial TV so it gets a much higher uh, viewing uh, numbers so we are doing a hell of a lot on used cars and we want to grow our used car business significantly so our used to new car ratio today is around 1.8 uh, you know we I mean the best in the best in the market is Arnold Clark you know sort of three plus I'm sure they probably are right now uh, and that, that is a sort of phenomenal machine and you know got some very Unique assets because of the scale that they have and the markets which they operate, and Eddie's a phenomenal operator. Um, so for us, that is a very, very clear strategic growth area for us. And as I said, the proof of the puddings, we've outperformed the market 37 percent. I mean, our like for like in H1 was 51.7 percent in a market that was up 30. So, you know, clearly, clearly, are we focused on it, James? No.
1: I, I, I probably re- didn't phrase my question properly. I think what I was trying to get to was the fact that some of the other big dealer groups and some of the, some of the smaller ones, you know, people um, that managed put them under a different brand, you know. So, so Sitna have car shop, um, yeah. uh, Pend- Pendragon have car store. store, and um, and and, a lot, and the Evans Halshaw, um um uh, use used cars, don't they? A lot of the other, I mean, people like. Um, People like Swansway have motor match, don't they? And and have you never f- thought that that... Because you market them under Marshalls, don't you? I mean, is there a reason that you don't... I mean, if you spun it off into a separate one, could that be your kazoo, Kazam, multi-billion no, I mean, arm?
2: You know, the whole thing is very interesting because people are doing different things on this, aren't they? So you've got this, the cinches and the kazoo doing sort of their thing. You've got... Um, you know, sitting there keeping their core franchise business there and then going into supermarkets. But I think probably my view and, you know, uh, I guess, this, this, you know, Roger Penske and Darren will know why they bought Car Shop. I think, you know, their, their franchise business is phenomenal. Look at the brands they've got, the scale they've got with those brands, the markets in which they operate, and they are a premium focused business. So if you look at the scale that they've got with those brands, they're kind of 10 percent or more with their key OEMs. So the opportunity for them to grow your premium brands is limited. So they had to diversify their business. So buying a supermarket, which is an adjacent business to their core franchise business, and you can get synergies on things like F&I terms, et cetera, makes a lot of sense, I guess. So uh, for them, car shop being adjacent made sense for them. Um, you know, I, I could see what they were trying to do. Um, for me, I want to base uh, the view I'm taking and we'll see who, you know, over the next five, 10, 15, 20 years, uh, you know, whose strategies play out. The view I'm taking is that I think there's massive, massive value and benefits in being aligned to our manufacturer partners. And the reason I believe that's critically important is because the strategic challenges that are going on in uh, a holistic level with EV mean that OEMs are going to see pressures within their Uh, businesses because of the investment they're making in EV you know the stats that they make significantly less profit on an EV sale than they do in an ICE vehicle therefore they have to penetrate segment two and segment three deeper than ever before and a used car let's not forget only starts life as a new one and who controls that the OEMs you know in our business 72% of what we sell through our used car business comes directly or indirectly as a result of a new car sale. So roughly 35% comes through part exchange, which of course we know because 83% of our customers are in a, new, in a PCP. Well, that started life as a new car. So we then have that resent. But of course the majority of those customers, we know there's a high re- renewal rate, buy another new car, which gets us that part exchange. So again, unless you had the new car, you can't get the part exchange back. Uh, likewise, we buy a significant number of our cars directly from the OEM. So they will do d- deals direct with rental companies, buy them back, and then they recirculate them through their, uh, their network. If we're registering a demonstrator, we then sell the demonstrator. We gonna get a demonstrator if you can get a new car. Same with a courtesy car, motability. So, I believe that OEMs will want to have further retention, and they're already doing with this with products such as PCP service plans, connected car capabilities. Is going to give them further um, retention. They will want to control residual values. The best way to do that is basically retain them within their own network because that protects residual values. So for me, I believe a big, big, big strength, and I don't think people fully appreciate this in the market, is having those OEM relationships. So I see that as a huge strength. Therefore, if I see that as a strength, why would I therefore not want to give our customers a brand experience? And I think customers are prepared to pay a premium through a franchise experience. So my entire business trades as Marshall. I'm really proud of the brands that we line up with, and I think people will pay a premium to have a branded warranty and a branded experience. But equally unashamedly we have looked at what are some of the strengths of some of the new entrants and say let's overlay that with our business let's offer 14 day money back guarantees let's offer 99 pound deposits let's offer you know nationwide if that's what you want that's not a problem we can do that so take the best bits of everything and combine it and the other thing why I don't want to have additional facilities I have physical infrastructure so if I have physical infrastructure why do I want to take more property costs on mm-hmm. uh, I can do it through my existing operations so my focus is Stockton be faster at what you're selling. My stock turn currently is 21 days. It's phenomenal. Okay, the market's driving a big chunk of that. So let's, you know, we haven't turned into the God of automotive retailing overnight. Anyone who thinks the reason they're more than doubling, we're now a case nearly trebling our profit. We haven't certainly turned to superstars overnight. You know, the reality is the market's driving some of that. But my focus is more throughput through my existing operations. Uh, because that then benefits my existing business in terms of uh, throughput. It benefits my off sales operations and it gives the customer a branded experience, which I think is important. So that's just my view on the world. Uh, who knows whether I'm right or wrong? We'll wait and see. We
1: will. Thank you, though. What's your... Um... Right, I'm, d- I'm done with mine. That's, I'm I thought you story. had another one you wanted to say. I, I, I did, but it's rubbish.
0: Oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Dash, do you think that we missed any big stories? No, I think you
2: covered them all actually, which is, which is great. That's what I like. So to- I, guess, I guess it's time to pick a winner. Yes. I really hate to do this because I wanted to choose Rebecca because I love Rebecca to it. Okay. Um, and James always gives me a hard time on any interview he does. Um, yeah. Annoyingly, I'm going to give it to James. Yes. Um, I was wrong okay? this week. So, uh, Don't go but, there. And, and actually, there were two stories. Stephen, actually, this is going to really surprise you. I'm actually going to go with the Voxel resurgence. Mm. Uh, and Actually, I think uh, it's fascinating to see because a lot of people raise their eyebrows when that acquisition was done by Tavares, you know. Uh, but actually, you know, it is interesting to see what he's doing with that group. Um, and it's quite clear he wants to uh, create a, uh, a manufacturer of scale within Europe. And clearly, I think the the merger with the, um, uh, Uh, the Chrysler guys, uh, is it with the FCA is interesting because that gives him access to the US because they're very strong there. So, uh, to see Voxel come out with a product like that is is really nice to see. I I have a uh, uh, you know a real soft spot for the brand because I was a GM there 23 years ago, and it's great to see you know the Astra looking as fantastic as it does. You know, I wish Paul Wilcox, who's now heading that that operation, the very best. I'm sure he's going to do very, very well with that car. And again, for me, the thing that swung it for me as well is. The fact that it's a British brand, and you know, I think that's uh, that's nice to see. You know, those guys do well. So, well done to uh, to Vauxhall, and well done, James.
1: Thanks, well done, James.
0: It is nice to have you back. Oh,
1: thank you. That didn't look like you meant it.
0: (laughs) You (laughs) know, I I was going to say it's no like Batch One. If you didn't listen last week, Batch One, his what we were calling mini championship or whatever, he won. Then it was very close. But um, it reminded me this morning when I was looking at how far ahead you were, how much you how often you win. I just get the pity votes basically. Um, thank you so much, Dash. It's been brilliant to have you on this week been yeah, um, great to hear about everything that's going on in the business.
2: Thank you so much for having me on, guys. And I uh, wish everybody a happy uh, 71 plate month and uh, good to see you guys. Welcome back, James. Good to see you, Rebecca. And uh, thanks for having me on. And let's uh, catch with you guys real soon.
0: Thank you. Definitely. Thank you. So thank you if you listened today as well. If you want to find out more about any of the stories we've mentioned, you can click the links in the show notes or you can head over to cardealermagazine.co.uk and scroll down the page to the podcast section. Thanks again. And until next time, goodbye.